sound means live from the sportsbook room at the hard rock hotel and casino in area 51 welcome to another edition of sci-fi saturday night i am the dome and joining us tonight from the four color vault comics in manchester new hampshire illustrator x and the dead redhead evening guys hello good evening everyone oh you sound beautiful as always dead redhead thank you dome and from the alston brighton hellmouth in boston welcome kriana howdy She'll be knitting again tonight. <laughs> tonight, two, count them, two special segments. In our first segment tonight, Joe and TJ from the Underburbs to talk about their new project. And our second segment at around 8.30 or so after trivia, Michael Doherty from Browncoat's Redemption, the fan movie. Um, and Joe, TJ, and Michael will be able to chime in whenever they please because they're all on, on with us right now. How you doing, guys? Excellent. I'm doing good, too. Hey, Joe and TJ, before we say anything else, it was really, really nice seeing you guys at uh, GraniteCon last weekend. It was uh, good seeing you guys, too. Uh, We were so surprised. Well, we're always surprised when people see us. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, the proverbial bad penny. Um, I I think we should announce the project that they helped us work on at uh, GraniteCon. What do you think? Um... Sure. What do you say, X? It's all yours. Sure. Well, uh... <laughs> well, I love sure. the way we're first passing it around. Like well, wait, 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 wait. Before, before we even get into any of that, I, I, there's, I have to say, um, we, I just want to say, uh, I got to give a shout out to a very new and, and also a very old member of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. The new, we have a new member of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. My niece Phoebe was born on Wednesday. Less than six pounds. She is a speck of a sci-fi fan, but she's family, and God, we love her to pieces. So, Phoebe, this one's for you. And her first gift was a Robert Heinlein book. Of course. (laughs) And and then also just just very recently. I got a shout-out from uh, someone from the beginning of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Our old producer, Jason Richardson, got a hold of me. Oh, my. Really? Yes, and he's just, he gave a shout-out to say hi to all of us. So, Jason, if you're listening, it's good to hear from you again. Jason, very good to hear from you. Again. Be careful doing those movie reviews for movies you haven't seen yet. <laughs> yeah, was, that was an issue, wasn't it? <laughs> he was known for that. <laughs> but let's not speak ill of the dead. I, what? <laughs> okay. Um, I, I actually bumped into uh, another old cast member, uh, Dr. K, freelance gynecologist. Uh, 
to uh, kind of say hi to everybody and uh, thought uh, the new projects are coming along quite well. He was really enjoying them. Wow. It's a big family reunion night, isn't it? It kind of is, isn't it? And speaking of family reunion, you want to talk about what we did at Granite State Comic Con on Sunday? I do indeed. Aside from having a wonderful time, we cannot thank... uh, Chris Prue and, and the rest of the Double Midnight gang for putting on a great show. But uh, one of the projects we've started here at Sci-Fi Saturday Night is we are all big fans of author Spider Robinson. We are Sounds indeed. More recently than others. Yes, indeed. His wife, Jean, um, unfortunately is battling cancer right now and chemotherapy is expensive and so we at Sci-Fi Saturday Night are trying to raise money to help pay for her medical bills and one of the things we're doing is well first of all we will be having a special Robert A. Heinlein tribute show on May 8th featuring Spider Robinson talking about Heinlein but in conjunction with that, we will be doing an online auction at the same time to raise money, and we will be auctioning off jam sketch art. Now, uh, guys, uh, it's I'm, difficult to explain what jam sketch art is. I am. Spe- it's a little tear there. Don't worry. Uh, but no, I was just saying, Joe and TJ, you guys uh, rose to the occasion. We basically just on the spur of the moment ran around to all the artists at the Granite State Comic Con, asked if they'd participate in doing a jam sketch to help raise money. Everyone rose to the occasion put together a wonderful piece of artwork which we'll be posting on the show soon Uh, I'm already starting to get feedback from Boston Comic Con artists uh, who are also going to be working on that and again these pieces will be auctioned off all the proceeds will go to help Gene Robinson and uh, I tell you it's a good feeling Uh, the the response we're getting from the sci-fi community is just nothing short of incredible and I'm very proud of our listeners for just so enthusiastically responding to this What's the, here's, here's the cool part. Here's the really cool part. We talked about it for about a week before we decided, yeah, this is what we were going to do. And in our discussions together as a group, we kind of figured, you know, we're going to go to the artist. The artist is going to be at a con, and his job there is to meet fans, sell stuff, and make money. So they take about two, three minutes, do a little sketch of Rudy, and then uh, sign it, and then move on to the next guy. Um, what we found out was it was completely different from that. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, in fact, I think Joe and TJ were the first guys that we asked, weren't they? Because they were sitting uh, right across. We so. and, and, I mean, you guys sat there for like a close second. 20, 25 minutes doing this really beautifully intricate sketch. And then the next artist we brought it to looked at it, looked at the stuff that was always already there and went, uh, well, I have to be at, le- at least that good, if not a little bit better. And they took, and each one, you know, in a, in a very subtle way, not went to outdo the other, but went to meet that same level. And that first sketch that we came away with from Granite Con was really beautiful. Yeah. It was the influence of the Countess, guys. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Very. It true. could have been the guy in the banana costume, for all I know. 
<laughs> but, oh, God, that's true. Let's not go but there. Let's, but um, we've got a full show, so let's keep it moving along. Speaking of friends of the show, Brianna? Yes, uh, yes, I received a notification earlier this week that our good friend Frankie B. Washington had his first sketchbook come out this week. And it will be available online. The, uh, the link is actually a little bit complicated to uh, relay over, over the intertubes. But we'll post and it on the website. It's Definitely. called The Art of Frankie B. Washington. It's actually at IndiePlanet.com. So if you want to go hunting through IndiePlanet, you can go hunting. Otherwise, we'll post the full URL on, on the show notes so that you Absolutely. can find it. But Frankie's art is just so fantastic. It's so whimsical. And you know what? And Frankie's such a fun guy. He I mean, really if, is. You're gonna, oh, God, yeah. if you're going to be in Boston and, and, and Frankie's going to be there, you need to drop by because he'll just start giggling and working with you. And he's, <laughs> he's just so much fun. He really, I mean, the, the nice thing about Boston is that most of the artists there are there for the fans and they are just a lot of fun. Absolutely. Right, TJ and Joe? Actually, we're just there for the money. No, oh, nice job. <laughs> <laughs> well, fail. But other than that, thousands of schools there to draw. I don't even right. engage people in conversation with these things. True. Yeah, I, I I'd understand. Be like that. back of the head and told to talk. <laughs> God. Well, listen. Before we get to the underburb segment, um, I wanted to talk for a few minutes uh, about uh, the art of reading, uh, which we're going to get into more and more as time goes on. Are you but, going to wax poetic? Oh, what? I'm going to wax poetic only is that like early. Is that like one of those Kindles without power? That's, <laughs> it's a battery-powered Kindle. Uh, Kindles are all battery-powered. I, I know. That, w- that was called irony for the second time tonight. <laughs> Thank you. You're just not good at it. Just <laughs> anyway. If I could reach through the inner tubes and just kind of whack it at this but point. But you can't. <laughs> So there's a book, you say. <laughs> Does paperback it have, you know, books. beginning and, and ending, that sort of thing? Especially paperback books, because, you know, there are a lot of secondhand paperback bookstores around. And when you go perusing through, uh, you can find some really, really interesting stuff that had never caught your eye before. Last week, uh, I usually sit around and eat my lunch at work, but it was pouring. So I decided to, you know, shoot on over to a used bookstore that's right around the corner from my office at, at uh, Sci-Fi Co. And see so what I could find in their uh, used science fiction section. I came across a book by a, uh, a woman by the name of Christine Golden called Invasion America, which is part of a series based on the old television series, Invasion America. And I actually picked up the, the, the two books that she wrote in that series, Invasion America and uh, the second one, which is called Invasion America on the Run. And I've got to tell you, I then was, it was one of those books that I could read in like a couple of hours. And it was really bad because at work, I was like, you know, picking it up and reading it instead of working. And all that stuff. And I hope nobody from work's listening because that's actually I'm lying at this heart, heart, heart. Yeah. But you were able to finish the operation, though, right? Absolutely. The patient oh. actually lived. Oh. Yay. That's a switch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> God. So, Invasion oh. America. You know, we had a deal here, X. Oh. We, had... 
We're civil tonight. Totally. Yeah. We were going to be civil tonight, and it's clearly not happening. So then I went on to Christine Golden's website, and this is woman has a phenomenal amount of books that she's written, her bibliography and, and her work in, in uh, RPGs, and um, I believe she worked with White Wolf Games for a while, too. And at this point, who hasn't worked with White Wolf Games? <laughs> we keep I finding know. people all over the place who, who, on top of everything else, were doing RPGs. So um, I'm going to recommend that, you know, you get a chance, because even at her website, you know, one of the things she mentions in her uh, in her fact is that most of her books are out of print at this point. Uh, you, you look for them. You find them. She's a really, really interesting writer, and she's a writer I'd like to have on real soon to talk about her body of work and, and how she does what she does. And maybe we re- should um, hook her up with David and uh, see if she can get her books published on uh, Macabre Inc. Yeah, that would actually be really, really good. That was another thing that happened at, uh, at Granite Con. Is we were bumping into a lot of people who were, who were talking to us about alternate forms of media and uh, how best to publish on the web kind of stuff. And we'll be talking more about that with uh, David Niall Wilson in the near future, I hope. Me too. He was fantastic. He, he was fun to yes. deal with. Excellent, excellent guest. And at this point, TJ and Joe... Hey, all right. <laughs> Wait, no. keep talking at the same time. I know it. <laughs> Sorry, we're losing you. Uh oh. All right, we're going to have the speakerphone debacle again. I can feel it. Guys? No, not the time. Oh, there good. it is. All right. We're, we're good. Don't go all one small step for man on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say I'm glad that you set us up like talking about how we were kind of like the bar setter for you know for basically what's uh, what's charity work because otherwise I wasn't sure how we were supposed to follow childbirth at the beginning of the show here. <laughs> and, uh, that's always easy. It's, it's called a slap in the ass to make it cry. Anyway, <laughs> oh, that's the way we feel about your comic. That's how they do it. <laughs> so, so you guys are here to talk about your new project. The new project is uh, more of the, more of the same project. We've got our new issue coming out, which we will have, uh, you know, for the Boston Comic Con. Nice big box of them came to my door the day after Granite Con. And so by yeah. Saturday night, it's going to get the first review copy, right? Yeah. Woo! Well, you are heartless and shameless. Well, I'm on the on the morning of the tenth, but yeah. You know, Guys, I just want to put out there, if anybody is listening and they have not read The End of Burbs, try to get yourself a copy, and I'm sure that our, our intrepid creators here will tell you how to do that. Um, Under Burbs is so much fun, I, I can't even describe it. It's, it's nice for older kids, it's good for adults, it's well-drawn, it's funny, it's entertaining. Go read The End of Burbs. Yeah, what she said. What can we expect in the new issue? Oh, we don't want to give that away too much. <laughs> well, give us a little spoiler. I, I, I will. I will say this. This is this was kind of a, a big deal. Well, it was kind of a fun thing for us, anyway. Is that we always try to try to do something a little interesting for the covers. You know, like 
not just have like the standard sort of computer colored artwork. You know, we have we've done a lot of paintings in the past. TJ has done some really nice pastels. Um, this time around, we actually uh, I actually did a, a little sculpture for it, and uh, we had one of our friends, uh, one of our friends, Troy Dodds, who's a photographer that we went to school with. He photographed it, so we have a nice photographic cover, which is something you really don't see that much. Wow! Awesome. Oh, who's the character? It's uh, Angela looking into a mirror. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. Was, I, yeah, I called her friend up and he was expecting just to take a picture of, you know, a, a big pastel or something. And I was like, nope, this time we got something 3D. We get a mirror. And it's up to you to figure out the rest because you're the photographer. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. Very cool. Now, I got to say, guys, um, you guys are some of the hardest working creators out there. I know, I know if I go to a show in, in New England, I'd be like, well, there's not many people. Oh, well, the Underburp guys will be there because they will be. <laughs> and lo and behold, you always are. Comic stores that basically only carry Marvel and DC, I've noticed, will also have the Underburbs on the racks. You guys are always making time every time i see you at a show you're always talking to fans doing artwork for them you know you're very accessible and that is the sort of thing that really is going to uh propel you guys into superstardom i i wish you all the success with this all right thank you now, now <laughs> thank you yeah joe i i have one question for you okay at the last Boston Comic Con on the Sunday, I believe, you had a, a, a costumed young lady with you. Oh, my God. Yeah. A countess. <laughs> Will we yeah, be seeing um, her again this year? Well, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing her in Boston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> guys, yeah, well, not to be missed. Uh, basically, the, um, basically, word got out there with a the costume contest, so I, I pretty much got on the phone right away. I was like, listen... This time I'm giving you more than a week's notice to put a costume together. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because basically awesome. that, that that came from just a bout of panic that we had after we did the big AppleCon, and it was um, not not a failure, but not a not a wild success either. And then then when I knew that we were going to be in, in a little room at the last Boston Comic Con, I was like, I I gotta resort to drastic measures. I gotta call somebody who's crazy enough to put a costume together in three days. <laughs> and, and random people to our table, and then as it turns out, you know, the Boston Comic Con back in October went very well for us. And we met you guys. And so she was, was crazy uh, enough to do that. <laughs> she is. She is. <laughs> you know, the nice, the nice thing about the Boston Comic Con is that there were so many little nooks and cranny rooms, but and they Allison. were all really well traveled. I and mean, we got a lot of traction in that room we were in. I, I was I was honestly very surprised by that. We both were, you know, like I said, especially after um, especially after our New York thing. Um, we've been at other shows where there's been little rooms and they're just death for artists, and it's pretty rough. So we were all very surprised that the Boston Comic Con still people can define all the little nooks and crannies. Yeah, the Boston fans are some of the best fans around. I got to tell you. Some of the best fans around. Well, obviously, you have the Red Sox. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, we're going to get to other two. There goes the New York. Bazinga! <laughs> 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 
just lost that la- that lone person from China again, Kriana. <laughs> oh, sorry. Do you know what bazinga means in Chinese? <laughs> Open the door and find out. You know what? Maybe I will. I guess it depends if you go bazinga or <laughs> bazinga. It's different. That's true. Oh, dear. Well. <laughs> profoundly esoteric hey. all of a sudden for no apparent reason. Hmm. Well, uh, let me ask you, Joe, TJ, let me ask you guys, what are you reading in comics right now? Um, I just picked up uh, Kick-Ass and been waiting for it to come out in the graphic novel form, so Getting I just ready picked that up the other day. That's the most immediate thing. Um, I've also got, been reading some fables. Yay. Nice. I need to pick that one up, I think. What have I been reading? Uh, uh, well, let's see. I've been I've been reading Sandman via my girlfriend's comics. Nice. For the first time, you're reading Sandman. Yeah, for the first time. Like we we are uh, both admittedly pretty backwards as far as you know being into comics. Like I just I know myself. I was mostly like a cartoon and video game kid, so I didn't I didn't really read a lot of comics. I just I just don't know why that never happened. And yet, and yet here we are making one. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think that's probably the best way because you come in with no preconceptions. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've actually, uh, someone, someone says we looked very similar to another comic at one point. I says, well, that's sort of hard because we've never read that or seen it. So. <laughs> yeah. Might have been, maybe they look like you. Yeah, that's probably it. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> there we go. That's that's a much. I know I know one kind of drawback to uh, not being in the comics is the um, this trying to sketch at conventions. I, I actually my my biggest uh, shame is that I actually did had to ask for reference for the Silver Surfer. Just because I wasn't I wasn't sure if he had ears. I wasn't sure if he had ears or like or like silver like underpants like like Ken doll underpants that are just kind of like drawn onto him. I didn't know, but apparently he's just a silver earless man. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he didn't have ears, did he? Yeah. A silver earless man with no teeth. That would have drawn one of ears, and he'd be like, "What the hell is this?" Ears. <laughs> <laughs> Much like a Ken doll. But he does yeah. have underpants. Yes. <laughs> he, has, he has no uh, underpants. He has no. Um, the silver surfer has no visible tiny line. Oh, that's <laughs> Back in the day, he did. And, well, uh, Brian. I mean, I just want to thank all of our international listeners who have tuned in to hear a discussion about the Silver Surfer's panty lines. Uh, It's this kind of commitment to quality programming that has kept you with us all this time. And And if you listen to public radio and you're not getting paid, (laughs) please send money now because it's entertainment. Not like what you pay for when you pop cable. Oh, wait, no, this is when you buy the internet. Never mind, moving on. Somewhere, Spider and Gene Robinson are listening, going, they're raising money for us? Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Sorry, Spider, I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, hey, guys, where are you going to be besides Boston Comic Con? Any other upcoming appearances? Well, um, we've actually got a... A couple of shows coming up. We're we're actually splitting we're splitting a weekend. We're actually kind of both going solo. Um, I'm going to be at the Grand Con in Manchester, and then uh, TJ is going to be at the Main Comic Arts Festival on the same day because unfortunately yeah, those are scheduled for the same day. May twenty third, right? 
May 23rd, exactly. Excellent. Here's a piece of information I left out of there. So, whether you're and that's in, in Manchester, New Hampshire, at the center of New Hampshire. Um, going to be bigger and better than ever this year. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. A lot of things going on there this year. Oh, yeah. The, Tim Seeley from Hack Slash will be there. The Woo! 501st will be there because the 501st are everywhere. And the Ghostbusters again, who we had the pleasure of meeting in Nashua. Yes, we did. Here. Yes, we did. The real Ghostbusters. For serious uh, men, they had proton packs and everything. Um, real <laughs> Ghostbusters? <laughs> Not going there. Hey, Just throwing I ain't it out. afraid of no ghost, okay? And, uh... <laughs> I think uh, X was uh, referencing uh, a an obscure Saturday morning show called The Real Ghostbusters. I know. Oh, I, oh no. <laughs> I was there. I was right with him on that one. Uh, <laughs> but I got to tell you, Drew is the one who said, "Mind if I touch your proton pack?" No, no. I, I believe. I believe what she said was, "Can I hold your gun?" <laughs> <laughs> and I believe the response was, "Well, it's out already." <laughs> oh, there goes the rating. Hey, yo. Oh, we've lost it. There's the bazinga right there. <laughs> Actually, we have not had a show really without losing the rating. Happened. <laughs> it really happened. So. Believe me, there's actually photographic <laughs> evidence. Well, on anyway. that note. Joe, TJ, uh, I'm sure you'll be playing this one, this show for your grandparents. Uh, <laughs> As will we all, evidently. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we are looking forward to seeing you at Boston Comic Con. And will you be, um, uh, would you be willing to do another, taking part in the, the jam sketch for Boston Comic Con as well? Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll hopefully try it in. Um, we definitely want to do another one. But again, uh, but anything like the fall one, we were pretty busy with sketches. So. Hit us up early like you did last time, basically. We'll hit you up early, that's for sure. Hold on a second, people yelling at me from outside. I'm on the internet! (laughs) (laughs) Mom! I'm on the internet! Mom, shut this down! Somewhere the internet had things about Charles Burns. (laughs) Uh, Is it just about trivia time? It is just about trivia time. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's trivia is brought to you by Brown Coats Redemption, the fan fee. And we will be talking in a matter of moments with Michael Doherty, who's director-producer of Brown Coats Redemption, and talk about what's going on with it. So tonight's trivia question in honor of that is, name the actress who appeared in both Firefly and Angel. That's going right up on our website now. And the way to answer the question is to go to our website, sign in to our website, and then in the notes under the post, answer the question correctly. And the first correct question or first correct answer tonight wins what, Kriana? Uh, they win either a, a male or a female-styled Brown Coach Redemption t-shirt. And if you look at the pictures, there, there's one held by Ron and Jewel. Oh, yes. Oh. That Ron and that Jewel. Uh-huh. Yes. And what was that question again? 
The question once again was, please name the actress who was both in Firefly and in Angel. And for those of you born after 1970, that means comment on the blog, not those little note things, whatever that means. Uh, Wait, she's not be what? offended by that. <laughs> no, she said, she said after 1970. Oh, okay. <laughs> those of us are... We're too mature for that sort of humor. Anyway. <laughs> You're too mature for something. You, you, know, you know, X, we had a deal. <laughs> we had a deal here. We were supposed to be, for the first time this season, we were all supposed to be civil. It's not happening. <laughs> Why do we have to be civil again? I'm just glad that we've completely and thoroughly impressed our next guest now. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Mike. How's it going? I have loved this podcast. (laughs) It has been so hard not to break out into laughter. I'm going to have to wrap my hand in ace bandages from just biting my knuckles to keep quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, we at least amuse ourselves, if nothing else. I am quite amused. (laughs) Well, that's good to hear, I guess. Michael Doherty from Brown Coats Redemption, the fan movie. It's a pleasure to have you with us. I'm very happy to be here. All right, now we're getting an echo from somewhere. Oh, it's it's the artists. Oh, underburbs. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Those body. Yes, sir. Tell us about how this all came about. Um, this particular podcast, or... No, this no the film. Hey, sure, film. tell us how we started this. <laughs> well, first, a little boy had a dream. A long time ago. <laughs> In a galaxy far, far away. Anyway, <laughs> And I think their name was... Mm, we're not going to give them any advertising. <laughs> No, we're not. They can all go to hell. <laughs> because they fired us. <laughs> so back to Michael back, and the yes. barcodes no. and the charity and, and this and all this. and Yes. Okay. Yes, so Back in July 2008, our uh, co-producer, Stephen Fisher, came up to me and said, uh, have you ever thought of doing a Firefly fan film? And I was like, no, but I sure as hell have now. <laughs> so... We uh, we went to Dragon Con in September of that year and started asking the Browncoats if it was something they'd be interested in. And then they said yes, but there's other projects called Into the Black and Bellflower we're still waiting to see. So we, then we did our research on that. Um, sat around and then realized we can't make money off of this. It's an intellectual property, so no matter what we want to do, um, unless we like to enjoy a lawsuit, we can't make money. But what we can do is raise money for charity. Um kind of using the PBS business model of you give a donation to a nonprofit, we give you a gift of a DVD as thank you. Uh, that way there's no kind of big transaction of money. Uh, wrote a nice little script and the storyline of, of Brown Coats Redemption follows up three months after Serenity. So Mal has hit the button, he sent the wave out and for those of you that haven't seen Serenity yet, I really apologize for ruining the ending but you should have seen it by now. You know what? No, there's no <laughs> excuse for them not to have seen the damn movie by now. Agree. Shut your mouth. We know how you feel about this. Look, look. You should always give a spoiler alert. That's all I'm saying. 
Oh, you I'll know what? That's what? like saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's like saying, for those of you who didn't see uh, any movie anytime, anywhere, I, I promise not to say anything about it that might spoil it for you when you watch it on DVD in 2021. Sorry. Look, I want to listen to Mike. Otherwise, if you don't stop, I will tell the Charlie Brown story again. No. <laughs> tell the Charlie Brown story. God help us now. <laughs> <laughs> it's anything but that. Oh, wow. I was six years old. Anyway. I read a Charlie no, Brown story. No, shut him up. <laughs> uh, nah. I'm trying. Oh, you guys don't have talking a about winner. The channel, you don't keep we it up. have a winner. Oh, User Hood1707, congratulations. Correctly identified the actress as Gina Torres. Woo! Woo! Woo. Set Hood1707. Someday in the near, hopefully, future, the dome will contact you. Yeah, all I need is an email address. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. Yeah, would like, the dome's going to contact the hood? <laughs> it's the dome in the hood. And once you get under the dome, you never get over the dome. Yeah, we're still looking into suing Stephen King over his latest book. That's right, because he stole it from me. (laughs) Under the dome, indeed. Mm. That's Mike. (laughs) So, picking up where I left off, the story is kind of, uh, it's a one-shot story so that if Joss ever decides to come back to Firefly and Serenity, which I know and hope he will, um, it's these, this crew on the opposite side of the universe that has a different ship that doesn't know Mal and the rest of the crew, and aren't, nobody's aware of anything, has to live in the universe now created by Mal sending out that button, that wave. Um, an additional spoiler, the Alliance created the Reavers. So, and Wash. <laughs> and Wash dies. <laughs> so, damn you! And River is crazy. <laughs> um, so then we decided that if we're going to do it for charity, the charities have got to be supported or connected in some way to Firefly. So those charities happen to be Equality Now, Kids Need to Read, Dyslexia Foundation, Al Wooten Jr. Heritage Center, and the Marine Corps Law Enforcement Foundation, because nice. those are charities either supported or created by the cast and crew of Firefly. Wow, that's awesome. a lot. Um, so yeah, that <laughs> we no, figured seriously, that's a lot of them. It, it is. And what we figured we did is we looked at the numbers of the opening weekend sales of the collector's edition tin for Serenity, which did 32,000 units in one weekend. Right. Wow. And if, if we could do that in the course of a year, attending a bunch of different conventions and online sales, that's a half a million dollars for charity. Oh, so not only is it half a million dollars for charity, but it's new content for Firefly and Serenity, which we all want. And it's also been blessed by Joss Whedon. So we... Wow. Can't do any better. That's early. Like so did, did Joss contact you? No, we contacted Joss. We, uh, when we started, we got the script done, and I'm like, you know what? We need to let the studios know what we're doing because it's for charity, and we need to let Joss know what we're doing for charity. And if Joss doesn't like it, we can't do it. So we right. contacted Joss, and... Um, got in touch with his assistant who passed on our information and about a month and a half later of sweating bullets we got this email back that says Josh says it's cool and you have his blessing but you can't speak for Fox and Universal or he doesn't speak for Fox and Universal which is cool because we've already talked to them and told them what we were doing and they're like go make your little fan film 
Yes. With the Toto too. So um, we we started right in from there. Did uh, a table read, which was consisted of eighty percent of the people that showed up. We'd never met. They all were friends from the Facebook fan group that we had started. So we got really honest feedback, and we had about thirty three people in attendance. Everybody got to take a, a part, and then we did it like a little radio play. So not only did we do a little radio play, but these 33 people got to completely rip apart the script and let us know what was working and what didn't. So that by the time we started to do auditions in January, we had something that was very, very, very true to the verse that the fans would love. That's amazing that you guys did all that work, and thank goodness it all worked out. Yeah. I'm glad. (laughs) I'll bet you are. So So, then. Yeah, go ahead. So then. You now have a script. Yep. And you say to everybody, we're auditioning for a movie that you're not going to make any money on, that's all going to charity, and everybody is going to donate their time and effort. And what's people the, said, what's the response? Um, we got to the point that we had 80 plus people per weekend that we did auditions. Oh. Holy crap. Um, we sat down and we, everybody knew what they were getting into before they came in. We put it out, thanks to Heather. Uh, it went out on Craigslist and all the model mayhem and all the places that actors pay attention to. And it was very clear what it was about. It was very clear it was for Firefly and it was for charity. And we were very surprised about the turnout. I mean, we had it wasn't just friends and family that happened to be in it, although some of those guys play extras. But the cast is SAG actors. I mean, we have people that have been in major motion pictures all the way down to people that are professional stage actors in the movie. So it's, it's not like Sabres in the State Park running around with, like, a remote control. It's, it's genuine actors getting in there and doing the real thing. Well, Jesus, not only is it genuine actors, but i got to tell you, I, I, I looked at a couple of the clips that you've got online right now. Yep. And the quality of... The music, the editing, the acting, the, the camera work. I mean, this is, um, guys, for those of you who are listening out there are going, how the hell good can a fan film be? Um, this is as good as it gets. Oh, thank you. It really is. <laughs> and we've seen some bad ones, so we know yep. what they look like. <laughs> yeah. We, we've gotten DVDs of films that, uh, I, I, that are cringeworthy. I mean, they... You know, um, and we're not going to name names. No, we're not going to name <laughs> oh, names. Oh, sorry. I thought you were being sarcastic again. No, we are not going to name names. But, Mike, I've got to tell you that um, I spent a lot of time in my youth. Yes, back in the days of the kinescope, Kriana. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Don't. As a documentary filmmaker. What were so, stagecoaches like? <laughs> they didn't have film when you were young. <laughs> See the crap I have to take, Michael? <laughs> I have to take? Uh, yeah. Okay. So sorry. Mike, I have a serious question. Uh, okay. Let me finish, would you please? Can no. anybody? No. What I have Go to ahead. Say, I'm sorry, What I wanted to say was that having at one time done a bunch of documentary films myself... I know how difficult it can be, and I know how difficult it is to get people together, even for a good cause, you know, even when you have the best of intentions, even when you're doing it for all the right reasons. But I've got to tell you, this is really, 
as good a fan film, screw that. This rivals a lot of really good films that I've seen so far. And I honestly cannot wait to see the final product. I will be sending your check for your complimentary donation. (laughs) (laughs) There is no, there is absolute, you know, we sit here and we'll rip stuff apart if we think it sucks. And we will also, we will also put things up on a pedestal when it deserves it to be. And the bottom line is, we don't get a dime from anybody for saying any of this shit. And that's, that's God's honest truth. But this is really something that everybody out there, once the word gets out, and hopefully it gets out through more podcasts like us and through word of mouth, and with you coming to see us at Boston Comic Con and sit at our table for a while and talk to people about it, this is the kind of thing that they've got to see because it's just impressive as all hell. Well, we, we're going to impress you one step further because we decided when we were going to do this, we weren't just going to make some crappy little fan film because there's charity involved. And there's the Firefly fans that are just diehard and deserve something better. So we shot this entire movie on a Red One camera. Wow. <laughs> so the, the entire film was filmed on the same style camera that was used in the Gamer, um, right. Angels and Demons, and things of that nature. So the quality of this just went through the roof on day one. Um, and granted, you know, this is, I'm the first time film director, so there's probably going to be areas Why that I've... Why did we lose? You there? Hello? Hello. Hello. We didn't lose anyone. I'm still here. Underburbs, guys, you guys there? We're, we're here, too. Okay. <laughs> dome, did we lose you? We lost we, Dome. We lost Dome. Oh. Let's, let's talk about him now. <laughs> okay. We've been talking about him already. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, I wanted to ask you, though, Mike, when you said he, that you were able to get SAG people, is that because um, the the, the uh, professional actors, is that because that it was a charity project? Yeah, what we did is we contacted SAG and let them know what we were doing. And what SAG responded with is that uh, we could either do a, a contract through SAG or the actors could waive their fees uh, because it's it's being done for charity. And that's what all the actors did. It's they're getting their credit for it, but that's all they're getting. And what's amazing is those same actors have on their own dime flown out to L.A., uh, wherever, you know, Atlanta, wherever we've needed to go to promote this movie. That's wonderful. Because I just know that there's a lot of places, a lot of things can get uh, caught up in that whole piece that, you know, if people who are listening don't quite understand that whole piece that if... Um, somebody who has a, a, a who's part of the actors union wants to do something. That whole thing has to be part of the union. Well, once again, technology has screwed us. Okay, well, don't <laughs> interrupt the dead redhead. She had an excellent question. So, well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> No, what I had said was um, I was talking about these guys being able to get the screen actors professionals or the folks who are hooked up through the union that there are a lot of productions that can't use that because because they're not covered. The whole production is not covered. They can't use professional people to do that. Yeah, we got really lucky with a lot of the things that we did. And, and fortunately, the actors who have decided to come on, who are SAG actors, believed in the script and what we were doing so much that they said, no matter what happens, we're going to work on this project. That's so, wonderful. I, I think that support plus our uh, – we've been completely honest and transparent from the beginning. So two years ago, if, if somebody really wanted to shut us down, they probably would have done it by now. Um, but we're really glad that they haven't. So, Mike, I have a quick question for you. Anything. Um, Do you do screenings at cons ever? We will be doing screenings at cons. 
So I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Can't Stop the Serenity events. Yep. Uh, at this year's Can't Stop the Serenity events, what we're doing is a little raffle challenge that seven, six or seven locations are going to get a rough cut of the full movie. And the way you do that is you have to go to can'tstoptheserenity.com and there's going to be a challenge where if you're holding an event, whether as long as you could do Dr. Horrible, you could have our film. But you have to write an essay on why your, film, your location deserves to see the film before anybody else. Oh, Ooh. fantastic. So, the winners will get chosen by the cast of the movie. And then, if I remember correctly, they have till April 15th to launch that, or to get their submissions in. And then on May 1st, we're going to do a little video where the cast tells the world who won and why. Oh, oh my God. I just thought, you know what you're going to get? You're going to end up with half your submissions being in Chinese because that's, they're going to be like, I'm <laughs> so clever. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. We actually have more Chinese in our movie than Sin Serenity. <laughs> really? Wow. Yep. Very nice. Uh, apparently, have, we have one of the most offensive, offensive things you could say in Chinese in our film. And what is that? Um, th- is this a what's the rating on this show? Uh, doesn't matter. Just go for it. Go well, for it. But that one uh, listener in China. No, just go for it. Gonna I'm gonna close. butcher the. I'm gonna butcher the Chinese, but it's. I think it's Gang Ning Ya. Which is oh yes, it is. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I speak Chinese. Did I say it right? Uh, yeah, it translates to international incident. Thank you. <laughs> so, so uh, Anna Jensen, who did a lot of our translations for her, I'm like, I want to say this. And she goes, well, that's that's just really dorky in Chinese. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, yes, but in English, it's fun to call somebody a baboon's ass crack. They do it in Firefly. So then we came up with a slew of things that has yet to be said in Firefly and Serenity. And apparently, Go Fuck Your Mother was one of them. <laughs> Tonight I have some uh, Chinese scholars in my in my living room currently, and that has already come up. Mom, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I said I said the whole thing about Phoebe, Ma. <laughs> That's the end of the show. Don't do not. Your mother will get over it. Uh, so apparently, the the story she told me, she was just like, "Well, there's this one thing you could say, but it's really offensive." I was like, "Well, what is it?" She goes, "I got to tell you the story first. I said, "Okay." So she was um, studying abroad. And her roommates were, were from China, and they were like, oh, yeah, asshole. And they, and they were having fun cussing in English. And she's like, okay, well, let me try it in Chinese. And she said, you know, gang ya, and they didn't speak to her for six weeks. Oh, nice. <laughs> they, like, shunned her. They wouldn't speak to her. They, uh, she'd walk into a room. They'd leave. What, it was just really, really bad. And they basically explained that's probably one of the worst things that you could say. And I'm like, that is going in our movie. So uh, awesome. at, a ver- at a very tense moment, uh, that is said from one character to another. All right. Well, w- once the show is over, I'm going into the living room and loudly proclaiming that and seeing what happens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see what, what happens. I, well, I, you know what will happen? <laughs> You'll have the rest of the night free. <laughs> well, they're not Chinese themselves. They have just studied Chinese. Well, actually... One of them might be Chinese. I've, I've never asked her what her heritage is. <laughs> well, you're about to find out and hide the knives. <laughs> yeah, whatever you do, just hey. refer to them as Yongguizu. And a silence. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Because people forget that I also speak Chinese very well. <laughs> so I have a question before, before, we, <laughs> before we degrade it. Before we degrade Further. Yes. Um, Mike, I take it you're not independently wealthy. No. 
Okay, so how do you find the time to float a 40-hour week uh, work week, I, which I assume you have, yep. and be the producer and director and all-around go-to guy for a huge project like this? Um, you have no life. There we go. <laughs> you have a very patient life, which I do. And you just decide every waking minute that you're not working or driving to work or making sure that your wife doesn't want to leave you, um, that you dedicate it to the movie. And the way you do that is by creating a nonprofit, which is what we did, which is called Big Damn Fan Films. <laughs> and then uh, you go to different locations like Frontier Town in Ocean City, Maryland, which is a Western theme park, donated their theme park for a month worth of weekends prior to their opening. Oh, my God. So our our western our ending is a real Rimworld planet that's a Western theme park. That's, that's so cool. Um, St. John Properties here in Glen Burnie, Maryland, donated a warehouse for four months for us to build our ship sets. <gasps> so our cargo base set is sixteen foot tall vertically. Oh. Wow. Um, we had a Bowie State Park donated their park for our, their, our alliance scene, which you could see it in the, in the trailer. It's um, where they're walking and talking, the two bad guys. And uh, that park we got completely for free. And the only things we really got to pay for were uh, PJ Harzma, who is a sci-fi author who co-founded Kids Need to Read, makes an appearance in our film. Sonny yes. Rhodes, who sang the theme song of Firefly, makes an appearance in our film. Oh and, wow! And the the Bedlam Bards actually come out and are the uh, the band of the final act, and they perform a song in the movie. And then we have four or five other cameos that I'm not going to tell you about. That um, and and honestly, between the ship and those, those are the only things that really came out of pocket. And out of pocket was about twenty six thousand dollars. Wow! Which is you know. <laughs> Out of pocket, anything that's more than you paid for lunch, I gotta, my hat's off to you. But 26000 <laughs> um, Between a bunch of us, we, we pulled money together, and then Firefly fans donated their money. And we've had people travel from uh, our opening weekend that we, we started filming. We had people fly on their own dime from Massachusetts and California and all over the United States. So our extras that you see are Firefly fans from far reaches of the United States. I think there's even one Canadian. But because you're in Maryland, I have to ask, and you may not tell me in case that is a real. Did you happen to get John Waters? No. Oh. I want to so badly. <laughs> yeah, be... that would have been a different take on the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, I, we have a bartender that was in it, and I wanted to get John Waters to play the bartender just for the nod for Baltimore people, and he, I just couldn't reach him. I, uh, I used to hang out with the Ace of Cakes guys. guys. What's that? The Ace of Cakes guys to make you a cake? We we went out to meet with them for that. They're extremely busy, so I'm not quite sure if that's going to happen. Oh my gosh. If you get the Ace of Cakes guys, that oh, are would you be like kidding? the coolest that would be awesome. thing ever. <laughs> they have done so many like geeky cakes, that, and Duff is such like a fanboy that it's just amazing. Okay, so, Kriana, uh, are you a big fan of Ace of Cakes? Yes, yes, I am. Okay, I'm going to send you a Charm City Cakes mug then. <gasps> really? Oh, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'll, I'll send it up with the T-shirt. Oh, cool. When we see Wait you, a minute, I'm one. getting jealous. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> see, Mike, you, you are now experiencing what all of our guests go through. <laughs> Women are fighting over you now. <laughs> <sighs> I love it. 
<laughs> it doesn't. It's so much different than my home life where I have to apologize constantly. <laughs> but so we've actually finished filming the entire movie. All principal photography is done. We're yes. we've got about fifty minutes worth of rough edited film that we're uh, Andrew Lewis Mardick, who lives up in Rhode Island, is doing for us. Uh, and he and I go through iChat on Max and and kind of work out footage. Excellent. Um, our Neo FX, our FX house, said that our preliminary visual effects will be done by April 16th. So a rough cut of the entire movie will be done at the end of April. Mm. That's amazing. Oh, it's, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So, Thank you. So now uh, let me just ask. Yes. You, you've just spent a good chunk of the last, what, two years, you said, working yep. on this? So when's the sequel? When we sell 32,000 units. <laughs> if, if we can make our goal, um, I've already got the entire cast and crew asking me when we're going to start the next one, and we haven't finished the first one. So if the cast and crew are that excited and willing to come back and do it again, and we can accomplish our goal, then we will definitely make a sequel. And I've already been told what the storyline's going to be. Uh, okay, I, Michael, I'm making this offer right yeah. now. Go ahead. Our entire cast and crew... We'll make cameos in your movie and do whatever you'd like. Woo! Thank you, Dome, for buying my plane ticket. And I know how to get to Maryland. (laughs) (laughs) We'll rent a van and drive down for a weekend. We will. Uh, I've just given you forewarning. Telling me whatever I want to do is a very dangerous statement to make. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, we have conditions, too. (laughs) Wait a minute. You, you, you understand the people I'm working with here. That's true. We're kind of shameless, so... Then we'll get along perfectly. Excellent. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, if you guys uh, if you guys help us out, help us raise awareness once the DVDs come out to get those moved, and we raise a half a million dollars for the charities, which is $90,000 for each charity, and that alone for somebody like Kids Need to Read and Al Wooten Jr., who are still up and coming, is life-changing for them, because that's like two full-time staff members. Oh. Um, and if we can do that, and you guys have each purchased a copy of the DVD and had that money go to charity, then yes, you guys can be in the game or make appearances in the sequel. Okay, I'm um, right now. I'll totally be arranged. Um, I want it on the record. I want my character to be reading a copy of the Underburbs. <laughs> yeah. I, the Talk comic, about shameless. Comic books will still be in the future. They are the future. And you know what? I want some good quality comics with me in space. So uh, my character wants to read the Underburbs. I want a well, slinky dress. That's all. How about who a slinky? Who says there's going to be clothes? Oh, well, okay. I Maybe knew that was, that was coming. Wow. <laughs> Take my clothes. <laughs> can, I get a, can I get a metal bikini at least? I'm making note of that uh, right now. <laughs> and I'm very frightened at this aspect. Yeah. So Just you keep in mind that there's yeah. got to be a part for an old curmudgeon, because clearly that's what I've become. Done. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's on record now. You have only on recording that if we make our 32,000 units, which is half a million dollars for charity, and we get the sequel started, there is a place for you all in it. Now, is there a pre-order button on your website? There will be. um, We're debating on when that's going to go up. Here's this plan of of attack. Uh, We're going to try to make appearances as many of the conventions that we can afford to. 
be or that will have us out. So if, if you guys will really want to, you know, go to Boston Comic Con and say, look, uh, this guy's willing to come up and he's willing to show footage from the film and and get me in there, I'll bring that up to you. Well, I'm not. So um, here's the thing: is that Boston Comic Con is super full. But I was thinking, yes, they perhaps are perhaps Granite Con Manchester, right in the beginning of May. They're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They're and shooting modestly for 1,200 people, and they think they're going to blow that away. Plus, they're okay. affiliated. They, uh, the the guy who's the head of uh, Granite State Comic Con is also the head of the New Hampshire Film Ex, uh, Film Festival. Mm-hmm. That's and so right. He's got a lot of uh, film ties there. Uh, we will put you in touch with him after the show. Oh, please do. Yeah, I definitely bring something up, and we do something special for every convention that has us. So what you guys will get to see at Granite will not be seen anywhere else until the DVD comes out. So okay. and, and we would sincerely, we would love you to show up at Comic Con and just sit with us at our table yeah. for a while. But mm-hmm. I would highly recommend getting the pre-order button on your website first because we will have our laptops there, and people will be able to pre-order right at the table. Seriously. Well, we're gonna we're gonna try it. The one thing we're concerned about doing the pre-order that far in advance is being able to fulfill all the orders when they come out in September. So we don't want somebody to pre-order now. And and have to let them down and say, well, you got to wait thirty days while we make some more. Well, well they're going to the have thing, to wait. Though, is that when, when they see you, that is your that is your prime time to get them to commit. That by September, they'll have forgotten you exist. Not to be harsh or anything, but that's just kind of the way it is. They're going to forget me. Oh, guys, don't, Kriana. But in September. They will have probably forgotten they've given you this money, and then all of a sudden in their mail, here comes this DVD, and they'll be like, oh yeah, that was that Mike guy that I saw at Comic-Con. I wonder if they're going to have a sequel. Let's go check out their website. Yep. She's right. She's absolutely right. That might be fun. I will will take it to the board and and run it up the flagpole and see how they feel about it. And not only that, um, I'm now going to promise you a link to uh, from your site, from your uh, pay site. Oh, on our page. Once, once you get that pre-order link up, I think that can go with the sticky post on the top of our site, right where we have the donation button for um, us. Absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll be happy to put that right up there with you. Frankly, if you had a pre-order button up there now, I'd be right there. So. Yep. Oh, excellent. So we definitely need to take that back to the crew. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, if you if you want to start, you know, seeing if you're going to hit your goal, I think I think pre-order sales are a big deal. Especially, and here's my other recommendation: give a tiny modicum of a discount to pre-order sales. You're taking money from charity when you do that. No, you'll sell more. You'll you'll give more money to charity. Ah, uh, okay. Well, you know what? I will. Uh, I'll go back to the crew and I'll, I'll pitch it up. I'll pitch it to them and see if we can't start that with Boston Comic Con. We can discuss this more after the show, but. Um, I, I've had a little bit of, of very um, impromptu experiences in marketing, and I, I may have picked up a thing or two. Um, John, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> the kid knows from which she speaks. Let me well, tell you, Michael. Well, then, then we will definitely be speaking after this. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. Speaking of after this, it's two minutes it's, to nine, guys. It's, it's, it's about that time. Uh, I want to take a few minutes to thank TJ Dort and Joe Haley from the Underburbs. Underburbs! Get, get, their, uh, get their new books soon. Meet them at Boston Comic Con. And, and, and a big thank to Mike Doherty from Brown Coats Redemption. This is, uh, this is a project, guys, that is not only an incredible movie, 
and you can take it to the bank when I say that, but yeah. for incredibly good reasons. Uh, all right. Well, anybody else have like... any? Uh... Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I think. Yeah, it's... you do. Go for yep. it. Time for the coming up calendar here on Sci-Fi <laughs> Saturday Night. Yeah. We really need to get some music for that. No, don't do that. I put the music in afterwards. It's oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, uh, next week's show, we will be having Michael Waring of SheldonShirts.com. If you ever wanted to dress like Sheldon on uh, Big Bang Theory, this guy's website will show you how. We, are also, we will also continue our run of Boston Comic-Con artists. We will also be interviewing uh, up coming artist Sarah Richards and a man if you haven't seen her stuff by now wow and I may have gone to high school with her but she's phenomenal she's been working for Hasbro as a sculptor I believe yes action figures she is fan freaking tastic I have art that she drew me in high school that I have like in a hermetically sealed case so that when she's so famous that her drawings go for hundreds of millions of dollars um, I can keep it <laughs> so following that <laughs> um, on April 3rd we will be speaking with author Robin Sloan uh, April 10th we will be doing our Boston Comic Con special uh, May 8th we will be doing our special Robert A. Heinlein tribute episode featuring special guest Spider Robinson who will be discussing uh, Robert A. Heinlein with us and that's also, when we'll also have our charity auction for his wife Jean right? that's when we will begin it yes Yes. Now, all other upcoming interviews coming soon. We will be doing an upcoming interview with author Christopher Golden again, a longtime fan, uh, friend of the show. And we will be uh, interviewing DJ Sucklord of the sci fi bands Suckadelic and Band of the Lost. Are you serious? <laughs> yes, he's I am serious. dead serious. I love those bands. Also, coming soon is our tribute episode to fantasy grandmaster Fritz Leiber. With a special surprise, surprise. guest. Oh, we're not, we're not allowed to announce that one yet? Not yet. Um, I, we decided not to yet. Not just yet. I want to make sure everything's in place before it happens. But all, all we can say is, hello! <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you had, what? Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I am very excited about our guest for that show. So, and don't forget, you can meet the Sci-Fi Saturday Night crew in person on April 10th and 11th at the Boston Comic Con. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con. Check out the guest list, including the Joe and TJ from the Underburbs at bostoncomiccon.com. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is also the official podcast of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic book artwork. Visit Bob Shaw and Kim Mullen at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original comic artwork from Paul Galassi, Joe Michael Linsner, and many, many others. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Hello? That's it. Hello? Hello? Did we lose Joe again? Where'd everyone... And this is the dome being lost in space. Bye, dome. We all dropped right. dome? We dropped dome. It's all right. Well, I guess we are finally over the dome. So, <laughs> 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 oh, I guess it's up to us to say, uh, well, this is up. Oh, sorry. Did we just end the show? <laughs> yeah, I thought, sorry, I thought you were done. Oh, <laughs> 
my bad. It ended on a cliffhanger. It did. <laughs> well, that's great. Everyone will be calling up next week going, what? What? <laughs>